I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who is conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. In the third day, he rose from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. You may be seated. And for those joining us online, the kiddos joining us online, this is your time to tune in to Cove Kids online. You can find the link for that at covenantconnects.life. Well, good morning, church. Uh, if we have not had the pleasure of meeting, my name is Megan Maserol, and I serve here as the director of Serve Ministries. And I'm so honored to get to be sharing with you this morning. Uh, the scripture that we are going to be in today is in Genesis 12, starting in verse 1. So if you'll turn there with me. And the Lord had said to Abram, go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you, and I will make your name great. You will be a blessing, and I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse. And all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. So Abram went, as the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he set out for Haran. He took his wife Sarai, his nephew Lot, all the possessions they had accumulated and the people they had acquired in Haran, and they set out for the land of Canaan, and they arrived there. Abram traveled through the land as far as the site of the great tree of Moray at Shechem. And at that time, the Canaanites were in the land. The Lord appeared to Abram and said, to your offspring, I will give this land. So he built an altar there to the Lord who had appeared to him. From there, he went on towards the hills east of Bethel and pitched his tent with Bethel on the west and Ai on the east. There, he built an altar to the Lord and called on the name of the Lord. Then Abram set out and continued toward the Negev. Would you pray with me? Well, God, we recognize you here with us this morning. Your scripture is clear that where two or more are gathered, your presence is here, God. So we just recognize that you're here with us in this place. And God, I just am so grateful that we get to be here. Because God, each day that you give us is an opportunity to give you glory with our lives. And I pray that we would see each day as so. And so today, God, would you give us hearts that are open to receive what you have, ears to hear, eyes to see things in ways that maybe we haven't before. God, we want to hear from you. We love you. We trust you. And it's in your mighty and holy son's name, Jesus, we pray. 
Amen. So while I consider Houston very much a home to me now, uh, I did not grow up here. Actually, I did not grow up in much of a city at all. Uh, No, I am from a very, very small town uh, north of the Dallas area called Gunner, Texas. And for the next little bit, I am going to take off my city Megan hat and come on over here and put my country girl hat on just to try to paint you a picture of what it was like to grow up in my small country town. I often say that any country song that you've ever heard about a small town, it's correct and it's mine. Um, This town is about 1,400 people, no stoplight, a two-lane highway that runs right through the center of town, and the expanse of the center of town is maybe a mile long. Kind of Hallmark movie-ish, right? And, And it is true that the town truly does shut down for the Friday night football game. And if you're a, a fellow gunnerite and you ever think to yourself, huh, you know, I wonder, I wonder who we're playing this week in, in, in the football game. Well, have no fear. As you are driving down that two-lane highway, you will find hay bales that are lining the side of the road, spray-painted, that will say things like, Go, Gunner Tigers, beat those eagles. I'm not kidding. Like, this is, this is real life. And, and while there are so many other funny quirks and stories that I could tell you about what it's like to grow up in a small town, one of my favorite things about growing up in Gunner is this deep, deep sense of community and family. Uh, I've seen that community come together and celebrate really big things like winning the state championship of the football game, right? But I've also watched that community come together around certain families over the years when tragedy would strike and treat them and love them like they were their own. And, And it truly was the most beautiful thing to get to be a part of. And in that sense of deep community, almost family-like um, growing up in that town, that actually goes a bit a step deeper for me because I'm not the first generation of, of my family to grow up in Gunner, nor am I the second generation of my family to grow up in Gunner, nor am I the third generation of my family to grow up in Gunner. You see, on my mom's side of the family, we are affectionately known as the Hunters from Gunner. And we have had family and land connection to that area for over 140 years. That's pretty special, right? And, it, and it's special because it's unique. We don't really, in our culture that we live in today, especially our American culture, have many stories of a family connection that long of a lineage in one set geographical place. But I, but I mention this because 
When we look at the scriptures today in the life of Abram, we are gonna find that the cultural norm that Abram lived in looks a lot more like what I just described, which is a, a family connection to a certain geographical place for a long extension of time. Because you see, in, in the time of Abram, in the culture of the ancient Near East, you had several of these interconnecting pieces that would form your identity. First and foremost, land would be the first. The land that you lived on was not only you as a single person would live on, but your family, your extended family, as much family as you had that was living, you were all connected to that piece of land. That was your livelihood, that was your survival, that was your security. And where that land was located geographically actually tied directly into the religious affiliation that your family would have grown up in and would have worshipped. Because depending on where that land was geographically, depended on what national and city gods your family was to worship, so that a blessing on your land would continue so that your crops or your farm, whatever it was that was bringing security and livelihood to your family, you prayed to those gods so that that blessing would continue. So we have this component of land that is directly tied to your family, and then we have this third piece, which is your inheritance, any type of inheritance that you would have would be tied to your position in your family and it would be a part of that land. So understanding just a little bit of a window into what was not only the cultural norm of the time of Abram, but was seen as the only responsible way of living when we look at verse one, and God just nonchalantly says to Abram, hey, go from your country, your people, your father's household, he's asking him to risk everything. God is saying, hey, all of these things that make up your identity, that make up who you are, I'm asking you to let it all go. And God has the audacity to ask this and not even tell Abram where he would be going. Right? It would have already been pretty radical for God to ask him to leave everything and then tell him like, okay, but we're going to this set place. It still would have been like, all right, God, I don't know if I want to do that. But God doesn't even tell him. He says, to the land I will show you. And now God doesn't share this with Abram, telling him to let go of everything without telling him what he, would be, what he would be gaining. If we move down into verse two and verse three, we see what Abram has promised if he, would, if he was to leave everything. God says, I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. 
I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse, and all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. So Abram Abram has a choice to make. He has a choice of risking and leaving everything that he's ever known to do something he's never seen someone do before. To follow a God that's promising all of these things. But he's, what he's leaving behind is so costly. There's a verse in scripture that talks about with a faith of a mustard seed, mountains can be moved. And if you've never seen a mustard seed, it is so small. It's very, very minuscule. And, and we don't really get a window into Abram's thought pattern here of what he's thinking as he's wrestling and weighing between what he is to do with this call that God's given him. But I have to imagine Abram being human, like you and I are. While there had to be faith, There also had to be doubt, fear, questions. So many different realities that he's wrestling through. But yet, whatever faith he had, it moved him. It moved him. And he went. And he went. And we see in verse 4, it says, so Abram went as the Lord had told him. And, and as we continue on in, in the next several verses, we are in the beginning part of Abram's journey of walking out this call that God has given him. And they pass through the land of Canaan. And God tells him, hey, I'm going to give this land to your offspring He doesn't even say that he's going to give it to him. He's going to give it to your offspring. So we've gone. Here's the land, but not yet. Keep trusting me. Keep following. And so what does Abram do? He builds an altar to the Lord to remember what God had told him. And so if we were to continue on in in the life of Abram, throughout the scriptures, this journey that he is on, this faithful risk of following God, you would see a life and a journey that is full of twists and turns. While, while Abram's life following God would, would look like faithful obedience in the same direction, It was not without lack of perfection. He had to be reminded of what God had told him. He had to be reminded what God had promised. He had to be reminded of of why he even set out on this journey with God in the first place. But he continued to go step by step, stumbling at times, 
and he walked this journey so faithfully that we find his name in, in the chapter that I like to call the Faith Hall of Fame chapter in the Bible, which is in Hebrews 11. And so if you'll, if you'll turn there with me, we're gonna see just a, a summary of Abram's life in that journey following God. And Abram would later be renamed Abraham, and that is how he is addressed in this chapter. So in Hebrews 11, starting in verse eight, it says, by faith Abraham, when called to go to a place he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. By faith he made his home in the promised land like a stranger in a foreign country. He lived in tents, as did Isaac and Jacob, who were heirs with him of the same promise. For he was looking forward to the city with foundations whose architect and builder is God. And by faith, even Sarah, who was past childbearing age, was enabled to bear children because she considered him faithful who had made the promise. And so from this one man, he as good as dead, came descendants as numerous as stars in the sky and as countless as sand on the seashore. And you know, if we, if we stopped right there, if we stopped right there with this, this nice little paragraph summary of Abraham's life, it would almost tie this perfect, pretty little bow. He risked it all, but he got it all, right? But verse 13, the very next verse, catch what this says. It says, all these people were still living by faith when they died. They did not receive the things promised they only welcomed them from a distance. So Abraham, in his lifetime, never saw the things fulfilled that God had promised. He, he continued to faithfully risk his life for the, for the God that is always faithful. But you know, it... Honestly, it doesn't really seem like God's being all that faithful when Abram doesn't get to see the faithfulness of God for himself. But you see, what God was doing here was so much bigger than just Abram. Because what God had promised was not just for Abram. No, what God had promised radically changed Abram's life and shaped and molded him into a faithful man of God. But God also used Abram's obedience to bring about an incredible lineage of descendants. And the pinnacle of his direct descendants is found in the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. 
Yes, Jesus Christ is a direct descendant of Abram. And so that, that promise in, in verse three, where it says all people will be blessed through you, Abram, it was fulfilled in Jesus. It was fulfilled in Jesus. The author and perfecter of our faith. So while Abram's obedience absolutely affected his life, it would affect the lives to come after him in ways that he could never have comprehended. So when I was preparing for this sermon today, I knew I wanted to share with you all about the hunters from Gunner. But I have to tell you, I have a, a grandmother who would not be afraid to call me up after this and let me know that I had soured the family name if I got any of my facts wrong. So I wanted to make sure I had my facts straight before I come up here and tell you about my family. So a couple of weeks ago, I got to go back to my hometown and I found myself with a folder full of documentation of the life of the Hunter family. And, and biography after biography that was documented, these snippets of the life of these family members for the past over 100 years. And so, and so I sat down with this information, trying to track back family member by family member, where, where did the Hunter lineage begin in Gunner specifically? And, and I was able to trace it back to my great, great grandfather. My great, great grandfather um, had originally immigrated to America from Scotland, had then settled in Wisconsin, but at some point in his life, his asthma got really bad, and his doctor, doctor recommended that he needed to move to a warmer climate. So here we are. So here we are. And so my great, great grandfather packed up his life, his family, moved here, and, and settled in the area of land that would come to be known as Gunner, Texas. And, and, and while I'm continuing to read on in his biography, I am struck by a reality that I never knew. So I knew that my great-great-grandfather um, owned land, that's how the land originally came in to my family, but, but this, this detail, this insight into his life was written that said that he had actually donated some of his land for a school to be built, for kids in the community. But it was under the notion that that school would also be used to plant a church in that area. And it goes on to say that my great-great-grandfather was known as a man that loved God, loved the scriptures, taught Sunday school until his dying day, and was often called on in the community for ministerial works 
because there was no minister that lived close by. And I'm reading this and I'm so taken aback. I'm like, this is so cool. And, and so from that biography, I, I started coming forward towards present day. And I read in the next family member's biography that they knew the Lord and raised their families in the ways of knowing the Lord. And then that next family loved God and taught their children the things and the ways and the grace of God. And so on and so forth and so on and so forth. And I stand in front of you today as a direct descendant of a legacy of a family that knew and loved God. I stand here today and get to tell you about this God I love from these scriptures I believe because I was raised in a family that introduced me to the truth and the grace that only comes through Jesus Christ, our Lord. But, but I had a choice. Just like all of you have a choice of whether we are going to faithfully risk to be obedient to God. And, and y'all, that choice really matters. And at the same time, God is working and moving in the lives, in the obedience of the saints, the believers of Jesus Christ. He is working all of this in his sovereign plan in ways that we truly cannot even imagine. Just like my great-great-grandfather had no idea that his great-great-granddaughter would be standing on this platform today sharing about the same God he loved, just like Abram had no idea truly what his first step of obedience what that would mean for the lives to come after him. And so, and so friends, I, I want to encourage you today that if you come from a legacy of obedience to Christ, don't let that legacy end with you. Don't let that legacy end with you. And, and if you've come from a legacy of obedience to Christ, but, but you sit here today and you're like, yeah, well, I was, I was into this whole Jesus thing for a while, but, but I've, I've, I've gone astray. It's never too late to come back and return to God. And if you're sitting here today and you say, well, Megan, all of that's really great for you, 
But I myself, and as far as I know of my family, we were not raised in knowing the love and the grace that comes through Jesus Christ. We, we don't have that. I don't have that. I'm here to tell you that a legacy of obedience to Christ can start with you. It can start with you. And, and friends, when I'm, when I'm talking about a legacy of obedience, um, I'm, I'm talking far less about these big, boisterous, momentary displays of faithfulness. And I'm talking far more about daily rhythms of surrender to try to faithfully follow the God that's always faithful. Friends, God is not asking for perfection. He's asking for our surrender. And if we will faithfully risk it all to follow after God, he will do far more with a willing and obedient heart than you and I could ever ask or imagine. We see that in the life of Abram, and I believe that God is inviting us into that same kind of legacy today. Would you pray with me? God, we are overwhelmed by your faithfulness. God, we are overwhelmed by your goodness. And God, we are so humbled to know and recognize and realize that you made a way for all of us to know you. You began a plan and worked and weaved through so many different people throughout the course of history to finally bring about your son Jesus who truly would be the blessing to all people. What an undeserved gift that we have in Jesus. And God, we recognize that we have a choice that we have a choice to, to let go and leave the ways of the world, to follow after the one that says that his ways are higher, his ways are better, his life that he has for us will be far more than any of us could ever think or imagine. And that, and that more in Christ looks like getting to look more like Jesus every single day. And so God, we just, in, in this moment, we ask you to speak to our hearts, God. And God, would you just hear every individual heart in the room, whatever their prayer is, God. 
God, we wanna be a part of what you're doing. We wanna be a part of a legacy of obedience to Christ. God, would you, would you work and move in ways that only you can do? And it's in your son Jesus that we pray.